0: Welcome everybody to Learning with Belvista Vista Studios. This is an opportunity where we interview people across the globe um, and be curious and get to learn from peers to get insights and be better as a team and then share that same knowledge with you. And I've got Raza today and you've got some things that we're gonna chat about. Um, and we've been connected virtually for a while. So I've picked up some of your interests and the passions and the tips that you've been sharing to your communities on your different platforms. And one thing that I've noticed is a passion you have for mentoring others. And so Mm. I wanted to start there. When you are mentoring, what do you Mm. think, like, what are the most, what's the most thing that people commonly struggle with? Well,
1: people have been struggling with, On my side, because my background is more e-learning and um, online learning basically, most of their struggles have been with the technical side of development, especially if they want it to be a bit uh, more advanced and more interactive. And then they've also been struggling with visual design principles as far as I've seen. Um, So what I do with that is I also give them like tips on like reverse engineering things or like how, like my process basically of um, creating something not necessarily from scratch. You can always copy something, Mm. right? You can always look at something and see how they did it and try to apply it in their thing. So that is mainly, I guess, their struggle. That and like, you know, trying to get ideas, trying to get things differently presented than a PowerPoint presentation where you show it to someone. Okay, this goes. But with self-learning, the student is, you know, um, they ha- they're in control of what they click, and then getting creative on what they click is um, their main struggle. Mm. Um, yeah. Have you I got know-
0: examples on how to what people can do to be creative for what they click
1: on? Um. What. I actually learned that from your videos as well as Kath Ellis's videos with the whole Learning Jam people, <laughs> mm. um, how they get inspiration from different websites, not just e-learning projects, right? They get um, inspiration from ad agencies, from um, creative games or websites and see how do they present things, like how do they present the instructions in games or how do they click a menu a course menu uh not course menu a uh, food menu on a website so yeah. things like that is what people are also used to seeing but they're not used to seeing it in e-learning and um that's what basically they I guess create uh um and how they apply that and elsewhere
0: yeah I love that that I haven't really thought about the menu one, but like I can see so much opportunity for that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, that's cool. What do you, do you ever give people like, you should try, when you say reverse engineer, do you ever give them challenges? Because I imagine a lot of people want to create portfolios and stuff. So what kind of challenges do you encourage people to do for that?
1: Um, I guess look at their favorite app. Um, then I say try to recreate that as the uh, e learning project or a sample interaction and then do it in Rise or do it in um, Articulate, uh, not uh, Storyline or even Captivate. Um, and then see the different items which you love in a website. So when, it, when I created, I also give the example of my portfolio. So when I created my portfolio, before I did so, I went through dozens of other e-learning portfolios of other art portfolios and see what I loved about each thing. And I tried to apply it in mine. So those are the different challenges which I say. So research and then apply, basically.
0: Yeah, nice. That's cool. Um, do you have any... What are your favorite go-to resources for, like, your design inspiration? Are there particular websites you find yourself going back to
1: um more like people mm. who I love following so um Tell us. I, well I guess most of the names are already uh mm. out there so of course um Kath Ellis is just amazing with theirs your videos are belvisto Studios videos on like rise examples are amazing um Amanda I think also from Australia, Nuya. Yeah. I hope I, I hope I pronounce her last name right. Um, and then aside from that, it's more of um following local artists and seeing um just their style in things. Um, and then I guess the normal other websites like Pinterest, trying to dribble, trying to get inspiration anywhere and everywhere.
0: That's cool. And I know a lot of people, when they're starting out, they don't want to buy the license for Storyline and or they're like, mm. what do you call it, uh, the free trial expires. Yeah. What do you say to people mm. like that that are trying to get experience?
1: Um, there are to- dozens of other tools which you can always use to practice um, creative design or even development. Even something as simple as PowerPoint, you can create Um, something with uh, hyperlinks or, you know, just matching those buttons, that essentially is storyline. Well said. That And um, Google, anything free. So you have Evolve, right? I believe that was it. And then you have other free tools, um, Google Slides, the whole deck of Google things is also at your disposal. So you don't really necessarily need to have one tool in e-learning. E-learning is basically anything you can have your hands on so what my lead used to say to me was don't let the tool limit your ways of teaching or ways of presenting to your learners because that's not what instructional design is that's not what learning is mm. that's just a medium to help you reach those but then that's not where it should end your journey
0: yeah i love that i will have to like quote that and put it on a little card or something <laughs> <laughs> With, um, let's get into portfolios a bit deeper. So with your portfolio, has anyone, has a potential client or uh, recruiter asked to see your portfolio?
1: Yes, um, they have. Actually, my current company, what they loved about me was like my portfolio. And then they were able to see um, even though it isn't complete, like I don't have descriptions for the different, exa- the different courses which I've done. It's yep. just that they were um, interested in my uh, design process or development process. Since I had that available, that website available, they were able to pinpoint things which I was good at. Like I, yep. they were able to say that I was visually okay. Um, my design principles were fine. They were able to see the ease of user journey if you want to be a bit more technical. Mm. Um, So with that, they were able to identify that, yes, I was good for the job. And on top of that, I know what I do. Um, They were able to see the recommendations or comments by other people. Um, And then other clients, they have definitely, yeah, they've gone through... um, my portfolio and then they loved. um they were able to see the different types of projects I've done or different um types of content I've created not just let's say compliance training but they were able to see like I've done some mental health training I've done some other um types of things and then that's what got them excited to do um my my to work with me
0: yeah that's cool What Um, part of your recruitment process did they ask to see the portfolio? Was it when you were submitting or was it in the interview?
1: So when it comes to an actual job process, first it was the interview with HR. So them already, they... Um, This is more of the recruitment side. So they were able to research more about the candidate. And when they researched about me, they were able to show the portfolio and then send that over to the managers. Um, when it comes to the actual interview, it's not up to, um, I think it was by the second or third interview when I was already talking to the hiring director or the hiring manager, where we talked about it in person. I went um, through uh, the portfolio with them but um, even before that i guess when they um, there were a couple of clients who already wanted to see samples so i sent them direct links to specific courses which are not in the portfolio yet because it wasn't um, done at, um, yep. there so they've done it that way and then after that they can they either ask for a sample um project you sometimes not always I don't like that part when they ask you to do something in a quick short uh, amount of time but then clients do ask that um and then yeah that's I would say that yeah portfolios are and really nice to have where it can really elevate your Level compared to your other candidates, if possible, and then that really gives them a chance to know what you can do and not just say. And I believe actions, of course, um, does speak louder to managers. Yeah, and what um, what tool did you develop your portfolio in? I initially started with Wix, where it was yep. just a free um, word uh, building a uh, site building tool rather. And yep. then I moved on to WordPress when I was uh, when I wanted more features, when I wanted a bit more customized uh, experiences or customized uh, looks and feels. Where since it was free and there's lots of free add-ons, it's just a really steep learning curve. Yeah. <laughs> and in terms of design with WordPress, because you can do anything similar with uh, Articulate or Captivate. With a blank canvas, it takes me a lot more time to design because I can do tons of other things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When
0: you started your portfolio, did you have any projects you could put in there or did you develop the first project to put in there specifically for your portfolio?
1: I already had projects to start with. So um, I've been an e-learning developer for a while now, I even also included some college projects because I studied computer science with a minor or major in instructional systems tech. So I've oh, really wow. studied this. Yeah. So um, I've really been a programmer or e learning person since the beginning of my time. Yeah. And then um, I have, so yeah, so I had lots of tools. Um, but of course, I couldn't completely put it all there because of the whole l- restrictions. So I just put screenshots initially mm. um, until the point where I started joining some challenges. I started creating different things where um, I was able to include uh, more interactive samples there. Yeah. How do
0: you decide which projects and what screenshots you put into your portfolio and which ones you
1: don't? Um, Initially, I put everything I can, just so that <laughs> I can um, say that I've done something. Yeah. So I wasn't really picky with what I kept. But then eventually, what I found out is um, you try to put the samples for the clients you want to work with, or for the cor- uh, for the jobs you want to attain. So if you are a teacher your examples mostly would be like music, uh, let's say music theory, addition, subtraction. But then if you want to apply for a corporate job, those things don't really apply well to um, Mm. you getting a corporate job. So ideally, you would want to, let's say, go for, I guess, compliance training, uh, corporate training, sales training, all that, or a bit more um, something catered to that. Because when... um, employers see what you do sometimes they only see the cover of your book rather than what's inside and it's always good to make the first impression even Mm. though you know you're much more than the cover
0: yes that's something I love that you said first impression because my understanding is that people will make a decision in seven seconds or less so Mm -hmm. a for example in a retail store someone hands a resume and they look at it And they glance and then they decide, does this go in the bin or do I pay a bit more attention to this? And I feel like Mm -hmm. it's the same with portfolios that we Mm -hmm. need to encourage our industry to create portfolios or samples of work that someone can make a decision within seven seconds Mm -hmm. or less to say, yes, I'm interested in pursuing this person. What are your thoughts on that? Mm
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, look at YouTube and Facebook videos right now. Usually, you have to get the, learn, um, the audience attention within the first three, if not mm. that. And then they keep an ad, which is like around seven to 10 seconds. And people already like lose interest after that ad sometimes. So if that's how you feel towards <laughs> social media, where you're always in, All the more, it would be for um, like hiring managers and work, right? Um, Though what I did, uh, what I learned when creating my portfolio was creating, well, yeah, like a brand, having a brand for yourself. But rather than you talking about you where it becomes marketing, try to talk about um, your... Uh, clients and their journey so one book which was recommended to me by dr robin was um building a story brand so that yeah. takes your clients um, through the that takes your client as the hero of his or her journey then you're just the guide to help them and then that's where your brand or that's where it can help when you create a portfolio so rather than saying um hey this is what i can do it'll be more like, hey, here's how I can help you. Mm, I love that. Can you give an example? Um, I guess if you look at websites, rather than saying, I do e-learning, I do instructional design, I do this, or I create videos, it will be more like, hey, I can help you with your training by creating these things for you. Are you interested? Or, um, sorry, wait. <laughs> there um yeah so uh, it would be like i'm on the spot give me a few minutes um it's just like... someone someone just passed by the room <laughs> um welcome to the human world everyone <laughs> <laughs> no there so it's um e-learning these are the tools rather than so let me get my words back. Okay. So rather than it being, here are the tools I can use, and then you rate yourself. I know a lot of people do that. Like I'm 95% w- um, experience in Articulate, I'm 50% experience in Captivate. Mm. It will be more like talking to the um, hiring managers, like, oh, do you need um, someone who is experienced in this? here uh, in e-learning or do you need someone who can develop with this I can help you create visually designed things I can help you create um interactive examples and then here is how I can do things so Then you talk about your design process um and then yeah did I make sense I feel like yeah. I've going along things no what I'm getting
0: from that is think about the result the person that is looking at your portfolio for example what is the result that's important to them Mm -hmm. tell them you can do that like these are the things I can help you achieve which you've identified that's what they want and then also here's how How I do do.
1: it yes you are really good at extracting information I'm I love how you were
0: designer, so I...
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am now? No. <laughs> so I love how you summarize all that for me
0: <laughs> Well, you gave me the context and the content. <laughs> um, that's cool, so let's have a think about then, okay, lots of things are going through my head um if we think about going back to the portfolio mm-hmm. and What would you say is the ideal, not that it doesn't have to be the the one, but if you were to paint the picture of the ideal formula for what you should include, because I know you said yours is incomplete at the moment, Mm -hmm. but you're still landing like people that are interested Mm -hmm. and really impressed with what you're sharing. And you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. I haven't added descriptions, but it's, you're going to do it in the future. So if Mm -hmm. someone was starting, what would be the framework that they should consider for the portfolio they put together?
1: Well, the first one, I guess, is to have a really good header or the banner of the very first thing which they see, which invites them to come in and explore your website, first and foremost. Mm. Whether it's having already a call to action, say, let's work together or I can help you create whatever, just having that at the very first to entice People to go through your website is the main important thing, because usually what I see is when you first land in the website, it's already an immediate long paragraph of who they are. But rather than that, you should like yeah, invite your potential clients, invite your potential hiring managers to go through your website, and then the rest follows. Yeah. Um. So I would start with like a banner or a call to action or something, and then probably start with how can you help them achieve their goals? Um, and then put examples. If this is going to be like a one-page one page yeah. website, and then put the examples of what you can do. And then the last one would be if you have testimonials or um customer recommendations, add it there. And then, of course, the final, piece should, the final piece should be work with me or hire me or something, like a contact, Yeah. another call cool. to action. Call to that action. ideally would be the um, description. And the, uh, that ideally would be the format of your homepage. And then, of course, if you want to get into more detail about who you are, that can be done in a different page. If you want to get into more detail about your different projects, that can be done. But ideally, the first one should be a summary of everything. Yeah. If people don't have...
0: Sorry, you go. Continue.
1: Sometimes um, hiring managers or clients don't have time to read all of it. They usually just go through it and ask the questions after. They don't go through your whole description, your whole case study, unless they're really interested in how they can help. But usually it's more of, okay, this is what you can do and how can you help me?
0: Yeah. I agree. And I think for people creating portfolios and stuff, it is a very overwhelming task and it holds Mm -hmm. them back from achieving that project or that job that they're looking for. And Mm -hmm. I think that the formula that you just brought up there, the call to action, how you can help them, few samples, testimonial call to action is a really possible and achievable portfolio without Mm -hmm. going into the other pages because we don't all have the skills to develop something in Wix or WordPress like Mm -hmm. Wix is easy but like even that can be overwhelming you know so think of it just as that one page even if that's a pdf that's okay Mm -hmm. you know or if you create it in portfolio that's or it's not portfolio in a powerpoint that's okay as well so try Mm -hmm. to use these things because that seven seconds or less is being achieved and I believe that if someone knows what they are looking for in a team member, they reverse engineer your portfolio mm-hmm. anyway, so they can mm-hmm. see from your samples how you got there. They'll be able to work that out in their heads. They'll be able to, if you can get testimonials, um, they'll be able to pick that out and understand that, oh, you're a team player, or you're a good communicator, and those kind of mm-hmm. skills that they and characteristics they might be looking for in the human.
1: Mm-hmm. True. Um. I also loved how you said that, um, I, I, I loved how you said uh, uh, that the whole, yeah, of course, this whole seven-second things, and then the manager will be able to reverse engineer um, what you've done, but at the same time, also, what you've done should also communicate to who you're talking to or who you're you should identify who you want this portfolio to reach so um, right in marketing if you market to everyone you market to no one with mm. this one it's also the same thing you have to be able to identify who do you want to um, target who do you want to um, who do you want to notice your portfolio is it going to be um, more of the corporate is it going to be startup is it going to be hospital healthcare management and all that and then try to do it that way as well.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So would you, I guess there's opportunity there for if you have one sample of work that you're Mm -hmm. like, this is my portfolio piece or screenshot. Mm -hmm. If you're going for, and say you did it for a corporate company, but then you want a Mm -hmm. job in healthcare industry, it's about swapping out the images and maybe changing the colors. Even a simple swap of an image can go from, person working at the desk like taking notes to someone in some scrubs in a hospital scene because if you're using dummy text and that like the lorem ipsum that doesn't really make a difference and that's Mm -hmm. just a small tweak you can do to yeah entice your people yeah
1: lorem ipsum someone recently commented or someone recently posted that they found a cat ipsum um, no way version text yeah, and then I later on commented, like, oh, my three favorites were um, there is a bacon ipsum, if yeah. you're a meat lover. There's also a pirate ipsum and a zombie ipsum version generator. And then um, for a fun thing, there is like this gay li- a Filipino gay lingo ipsum. So they call it Becky ipsum. So that was just really fun
0: that's cool uh, we are going to use that more in the templates we create now <laughs> that's awesome um, for testimonials how do you recommend people get some of them
1: um, start with your immediate circle if you can so try to ask your workmates try to ask your manager if you have that good relationship with them and then of course um, after you complete a project try to ask your clients so whether it's going to be internal clients and you just um you're creating something for another team or another department even just asking them for um a comment about what it is you can always take a screenshot or um, put that in your website even if it's going to be via email then of course it should ask permission if you want to (laughs) or if you can (laughs) there yeah but um it's just if you as an instructional designer, you should always build relationships with whether it's gonna be your SMEs or your clients. So with that, you can always ask for how did they feel the project went? How do you feel about your services? So um, I'm sure they'll be willing to give all that information if possible. Then um, what I, one of my clients, when they asked for that, it was interesting because he asked, can you do a format for me? Then I will just edit and add that. So that one to me was a bit weird, but looks like people ask that because if you talk to CEOs of companies where you or hire management, they may or may not have time to create something.
0: Yeah. And I think I've noticed that comes from a place of nervousness as well on like, oh my God, what am I supposed to say? And how can I be the most helpful if I'm going to spend the time writing a testimonial? So I find a, uh, a little framework is useful. And mm-hmm. I guess the things that you want to just, you can give them prompts and say,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, you don't have to say, here's the testimonial I'm writing for myself, please just sign it. But it can be, you know, how would you rate our communication, our project management, mm-hmm. the um, learning solution itself, all that kind of like, those are the parameters you want to give someone Mm. so that they don't have to think they can go, Oh yeah, you always delivered on time. You were so clear in your emails. I always knew what I was doing. Um, The business has absolutely loved the solution that you created. And I think Mm. even throughout the project, you may get emails from clients where, or stakeholders where they're saying, Oh my God, absolutely love this. You know, their testimonials Mm. as well. So it doesn't have to be a formal, like, please, can I have a testimonial? (laughs) just nice yeah. comments that reinforce how good you are
1: yeah and if you can even get like learners testimonials that will also be mm. awesome because they'll be able to gauge the work which you've done rather than your work with a client but then the result of your work which is going to yeah. be very interesting as well
0: that's cool that's a great tip you mentioned that your portfolio should present projects for the clients and stakeholders you want to work with. How do you determine, sorry, that, yeah, that you're going to work with, but how do you determine the clients that you want to attract? And how do you go about that?
1: That is something I've also been working on. So it's Mm. a continuous type of development. I'm a mind reader. so (laughs) (laughs) There. So um, I think... As the very first step, if you're getting used to it, uh, if you're still going there, it's um, the term is cliche, but it's always like finding your niche, right? Um, so if you're able to identify what you're passionate about, what you love, um, if you're able to identify even um, the type of person you want to work with, what position, I think you can always start from there. Um, Mm -hmm. if you can always, if you can also identify it's like, oh, okay, I love animals and you start doing something about for vets, for, um, animals, animal society, or even that geo things, for example, that I think, um, if you just put your work out there and you just do it, it will eventually, um, someone will notice that. Someone will say, oh, this is a really interesting project. This looks really good. This information here is nice um people, someone will notice yes it will eventually reach there and then um, once you explore the different ways once you explore that you can start identifying things which you really want to work for mm. and i believe it comes with time and experience usually to do that there's no one way of doing things rather than just experiencing and just doing yeah i agree mm-hmm
0: let people know
1: and there's heaps of like niche
0: linkedin groups and stuff like if you're interested in e-learning in healthcare there are groups Mm -hmm. for that if you're Mm -hmm. e-learning in sports there's groups for that so Mm -hmm. and even on on facebook so definitely get in there and start interacting in those groups because you start Mm -hmm. to learn the language you start to understand the challenges that they're facing so when you are talking to stakeholders and clients they go, oh, it's like you work here already, Reza. Like, how do you know so much about our industry?
1: So you're exactly. more enticing. Yeah. there. Even just by um, looking for keywords in it. So for example, even if you search for inclusivity and then you put that in the LinkedIn search bar, you will already see tons of content related to that. You'll see yep. tons of people working in that industry and then just connecting with them. And then yep. learning what interests them, what things do they share, what type of information, and then from there you can build on something. I agree. Um,
0: <laughs> so let's do like a little mini kind of case study, right? If a client comes to you, so you're passionate about bringing learning to life, mm-hmm. and I know that you like to experiment with like that you've done the challenges and stuff. So that really tells me that the articulate challenges, it tells me that you like to experiment with how you can communicate things and make things interactive and display things differently. So if a client comes to you and they say, um, we need a course on X and they have some of their ideas and they're like, oh, we think this would be great. What's your process?
1: Um, of course, it's more of understanding their goals. So the first thing, and oh, first and foremost... old star. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> there is, um yeah, understanding their goals and what are the things which they want to reach. So for um, me and one of my friends has recently been discussing about Kirkpatrick and then lots of clients want to reach the level four, right? Of course, you always want to have uh, ROI. But then what is it about that? Um, How does it, how does them reaching a certain level affect their business goal? And then how does that affect their goals in return? So even up to that level, um, it's just more of understanding what they want to achieve. And then later on, we find on the different solutions. Because sometimes what they suggest may not be the most effective or may not be the most efficient one. And then that's where we can come to a conclusion or they can come and start exploring different things, Um, exploring different uh, solutions, innovative ideas, if you want to call it innovative ideas, and then um, working with that. So one is always identify then we start designing then we start um doing the process where we talk about the different um what i do is i try to work with them to create a outline of content so we'll just come up with a list of um topics which they want to touch and then we work on the different ways to present those topics Mm. Whether it's going to be blended or if it's going to be in person, uh, it, well, in person now if you can, or um, the type of interaction which is needed online, whether it's going to be scenario based or if you want it to be a case study, or with workbooks or videos. So it's um, doing that. Oh, and of course, you should when you identify the goals, you would also identify, you know, the audience, the type of. Um, group which you're talking to as well so it all boils down to that that's cool yeah
0: and then okay so we've got client wants the course on this you check in and go okay help me understand what business goal we're trying to achieve Mm -hmm. who is our audience what Mm -hmm. are our learning objectives and let's say you've got the storyboard the content side of it sorted and the client's Mm -hmm. happy with that how do you bring that to life
1: there, so I start, I guess, yeah, start developing the whole content. So whether it's going to be uh, an articulate course and I start looking for visual examples of what I can do. Um, for example, if they discuss a process, they want to discuss a six-step process and a topic there. Yeah. What I do with that is... Um, Rather than it being like a step-by-step type of thing, I try to look for examples in infographics. So infographics have a really lovely way of um, showing a process. And then I replicate that in my pro- uh, in my course and add a different animation. So I'm basically reverse engineering what I see online and the different design um, samples and um just trying to do as much as I can to replic- replicate the ones which I like, the ones which I find um, interesting in the course itself. Cool.
0: Nice. Yeah. You have an interest in games. How do you try to sneak them in effectively to your solutions?
1: Um, oh, wow. Um, what I find interesting about the games is either how they have a tutorial at the start of games, for example, how do they um, tell you how does their product work or what is the game mechanics? Um, Just that and the visual design principles and how they use things. So if you make a mistake in a game or if you lose a life, what does the game do? Do they, how do they alert you as well? Um, If something goes wrong that so, mechanics like that is always interesting to put into your online solution or your e-learning solution Um, even just by seeing the visual like the menus the course menus the what I always search about games is their chapter selection Mm. so with how they do the chapter selection can also be how you create your lesson selection for example
0: love it
1: yeah how how do they group things together how do they say that you've completed this is there like a star at the bottom is it faded or is it colored um is it red because you failed that chapter for example um so it's just more of the visual or ui ux design in games which i try to apply and of course the storytelling as usual the whole um Context the whole that that's a different type of um, that's a different way of also including games. But then, though, what people can do usually with games is just look at how they do uh, how they the game interacts with the player. Mm. What do you mean? Um, there so. Yeah, um, basically the feedback of the game. So what if you make a mistake, if you die, if you do something wrong versus if you do something good. Um, that This is for video games. If you go for board games, it's like the different pieces. It's a layout of the board game. It's the instruction manual of the board game, for example. Is it clear? How do they word things? How do they separate, separate the different um, me- game mechanics? I believe there's like always... The different information which you have, or the different pieces which you have, and then the instructions of how to play the base game how do you play it with more than five players if you want to make it something else? The additional information, and then, um, if some board games also have like an about where they say this is the history of the game if you're interested, and then just the layout of things, it's just really pretty. I have a collection of board games behind me, it's like a whole shelf. What's what's your number one to play? Um, right now na- the re- most recent game I've played was Catan. Okay. Um, and How do you play, or I, what's the kind of go with it? It's I guess it's kind of like a resource management type of thing as well as luck. So you have mm. different um, hexagons where you can put like settlements, and then you have different. Ah, uh, you roll the dice to see the what resources do you gain from those settlements, and then you try to build more, and then of course the one with the most wins. Right. And D and D. So I've tried. I've been recently trying to get into D and D. Dungeons new- and Dragons is it?
0: Yes. Is that the yeah. one where you're actually a person like playing yes. the game in your house? Oh yeah, I've heard about that. Cool. There.
1: So it's more of improv and um, theater of the mind and that. So I have a, I panic when it goes to me. So I try, the reason why I, this is uh, the reason why I went for that, even though I um, panic when it's, uh, you know, my turn to improv. It's just for me to practice, for me to be able to, Get my speaking skills as you can see here. (laughs) Um, But it's just a really fun thing. And uh, what's really cool about that game is there's no set storyline. So Mm -hmm. you, as the creator, you, as the players, create it. Um, For example, you go. Usually, it's like you start at a, let's say, a cavern or a caravan or something. And then now, what do you do? Do you stay there? Do you go out to help people? Do you fix something? Now, that is all under your control. And then your, um, the story follows what you choose. So if you choose not to help this person, the next time that per- you visit, that person may or may not be gone or dead or, you know, oh, yeah, against you. So, oh, wow. <laughs> that is really fun. And I, I think that will also play well with, for example, learning. So it'll be really cool to have um, a course or something where the learner gets to decide his or her journey, his or her, what that yeah. um, thing entails. So, for example, if you click a certain button now, what information is done there? Um, which information which uh, you get there. Um, the ones which I I believe it was one of your videos when you talked to Kathy more about gamification. So hmm. what I loved about that video was, I think you mentioned something about quizzes. I'm not sure if it was your video or that. Um, it's like in real life, if a person makes a mistake, they usually don't see it wrong immediately, right? It's not like in the multiple choice, okay, I got this one wrong and then I already know that I did it wrong. Usually in real life, if you make a mistake, it's somewhere down the line where you see the result of it. Yeah. So um, with that, um, that's just that way of like you know giving feedback is really interesting or that way of showing the learner okay you've gone through this path but you made the wrong mistake at this point yeah. um this is what you do this is the result of it so um just that is really interesting and branching and i believe that can also be done in online solutions and it's just
0: definitely
1: a whole a whole different level of learning or teaching or developing
0: yeah well um so I believe what you're discussing there is instant versus delayed feedback so if people want to learn more about that there's a place for both in the same interaction as well so it's not one or the other it's Mm -hmm. and as well so have a look into that and I love like I'll also reinforce what you're saying around you know with your dungeons and dragons you're putting yourself out there to learn something um mm-hmm. or yeah to kind of expose yourself to things that make you nervous and that but you want to mm-hmm. do it because there's some reward for you but in the process you're learning and also mm-hmm. for myself I'm doing that at the moment so I'm uh learning to skateboard and in cool. the process of skateboarding I am too.
1: There's oh what
0: <laughs> oh cool <laughs> I can see it mine's just here um <laughs> We'll swap notes afterwards, but I find, and you'll probably relate to this is like when I'm learning to skateboard, I'm learning about the importance of micro learning, breaking down a move, like dropping down a ramping up the other side into micro actions. And those are Mm -hmm. like balance foot position, but it's, and you, it's also scaffolding. So it's so interesting to put yourself into a learning position to become Mm -hmm. a better instructional designer. So if anyone is out there and they've been thinking about like, I'd love to take that pottery class or I'd love to learn this particular thing, go do it because it does make you a better instructional designer.
1: Absolutely, I totally agree with that. You'll be able to open your eyes to um, different views in the world, not just your own. And that's just really interesting. And that is something that, yeah, definitely makes you better whether it's better in um designing something better at um seeing a uh, better at you know explaining
0: or yes.
1: that um yeah
0: and how Even. people think they're explaining something to you um mm-hmm. and you don't get the instructions right and you're like well now I've just fallen on my ass um you should probably tell me this in future so it's about being clear in your instructions I think we learn a lot about that
1: (laughs) yeah plus just the experience of doing something new is um rewarding already in itself yeah and then you get to say yeah you take this off of your bucket list learn skateboard by the time I'm 30 by the time I'm 50 that's also okay you just put
0: me in that older bracket there the closer to 50, <laughs> is that why you said it? <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, because there there are others where I mean I don't want to limit it's like, okay, you, you take your learning it's cheaper than 30. No, you can learn it at 50, 60, 70 and all that. It's yeah, just do it. Um the thing which i recently learned, so with um my previous company, because it's a corporate structure, whatever I do had to have a, approval of someone else in Mm. a higher rank so when I shifted to a startup company all those I didn't need to ask for approval so it was more of a mind shift for me Mm. to say okay so I am the owner of something I have to do it so I think one of my teammates noticed that because I was always asking is this okay is it fine and all that um my teammate was like listen just do it just post it just um create it what's the worst that can happen if something happens there if you make a grammatical error we can always edit a post we can always do something we can delete it and then re-upload for example what's the worst that can happen essentially versus always asking you know being stuck in that mindset oh i need to do this this and that before i can do something so that is yeah just do it just post and what and just see what happens after
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm conscious we're meant to like our time was only booked for now. Do you have time to continue, or do you have a hard stop?
1: No, I have time to continue. Oh, I didn't notice it's
0: already. Yeah, it's going quickly. (laughs) I'm smiling so much as well because you've brought, you're reigniting some things that I haven't experimented with in a while, Um, and I love Mm -hmm. like, yeah, the things that you're sharing about the games and bringing in, you know, their little instruction booklet and how can we apply Mm -hmm. that. So. This is adding a lot of value. The one thing you started to bring up, but it, you took it down a different lane, was going back to storytelling. Talk mm-hmm. to us about storytelling and bringing that to life.
1: Um Storytelling, that is something I need to work on. So I definitely need to work on my writing, my scripting. I personally... I'm more, yeah, I guess I'm creative writer, but then I haven't really developed that yet. But yep. with storytelling, um, I guess usually what other, what people, I recently did a webinar on storytelling. Well, not recently anymore, like a month ago about storytelling. So, so long, um, you're ancient now in comparison <laughs> to then. <laughs> two, two months ago, I guess, I don't know. Yeah, um, so... With storytelling, people always think, okay, you need to have characters in the story. You need to have a lesson. You need to have a moral of the story. But what we talked about with storytelling is it's not just the characters. It's not just you don't always need to put it in a fantasy world. You can also put it in a real life scenario about um, a manager and a employee, for example. But it doesn't, storytelling doesn't stop there. It also translates to you posting on social media. Like how do you tell a story when you write about a certain topic as a post? That yeah. is also storytelling. Um, creating visual design, visual layouts where you talk about something or a carousel image in LinkedIn, that's storytelling. Yeah. And um the storytelling in online learning is also how do you the learner journey through the very first slide or very first topic to the very end as well now it can either be a more formal story where you take them through like a generic idea to a specific idea at the end or it can be more informal where you try to put them in a story, like um, if we go to like Kathy, Kathy Moore's examples of storytelling, the whole yep. workplace, the whole um, Afghanistan, I think um, war in Hajj, something with Hajj Kamal. Yep. That can also be another type of storytelling, but it's a huge branch where you can apply storytelling principles anywhere. I have done that example I
0: don't know how many times and failed every single time. <laughs> um, it's a really good example, though. I'm mm-hmm. just it a poor is. learner. <laughs> no, my motivation is not to get to the end, to write, to get it right. Um, do you, would you say you have, like, a formula for stories? Like, even I'm just thinking now there's a beginning, middle, and end. Would you yeah. encourage any other tips for how to uh, put together a good story?
1: Um, I guess similar to the whole portfolio situation where you asked mm-hmm. me to list that. Because um, that essentially is a story you're telling about yourself. So you would always have a hook, whether the hook be um, a quote, a question, or once upon a time type of hook. Yeah. But there's always a hook. And then you introduce your characters or you introduce the hero of your story. And then you go through the journey. And then, of course, the resolution at the end.
0: Well done. That's cool. All right. I have one I last. Ah, you're inspiring. Yep. That's all that matters. You're adding value to the world. Oh, all right. The last question I want to ask, because I find a lot of people struggle. I believe this is a mindset thing, but um, they struggle with saying, I've never done that before. How can I train in that? And mm-hmm. you were sharing to me before this that your last project that you completed was a language course
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you were working on that, but you don't speak the language.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How can you create a course that you're not the expert in, Raza?
1: <laughs> oh, um, I think what I also mentioned before is being an instructional designer is you building relationships with SMEs with your clients. So with that comes their support as well in creating content as much as you can. I know there are some projects where um, you don't really have a SME that is very responsive. But then um, yeah, there should always be an expert when you create something with who you can refer to to say, okay, is this accurate? Um mm-hmm. And then I think not knowing the language for me creating it or not knowing the content makes you even a better instructional designer because now you are putting yourself as the learner. Yeah. And then as if you put that, to, if you align that with your lesson objectives, you yourself can tell, oh, okay, by the end of what I've done, I was able to achieve what they wanted me to. And all the more for you, Because your SMEs, your clients, they know the topic really well and they see it in their eyes as someone who knows it. So you, being fresh eyes, being someone not an expert, you know what the learner needs because you yourself are one. Mm -hmm. And um, you'll be able to tell, okay, this is what they wanted to explain, let's say, a process, but this is how I got it. So this probably may be a better way to explain it, an easier way to explain things if, of course, it is correct to what they do. So you always need to validate or fact check against that with your clients, of course. But I find that as a um, perk that you don't know things and you create it rather than it being a limitation.
0: Very well said. I totally agree with you. I think it is about trusting your process and be the learner because then you know this is useful. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this has been fantastically practical and I know that it will have brought a lot of value to people. So thank you so much for being so tactical and sharing the examples. And I just encourage even Razor was bringing on like She was talking about transferable application of tips from earlier in the conversation to later, but everything that she shared here today in this episode is transferable to many things in our industry. So I'd encourage you to look for them and apply them. And I also wanna recognize you because one thing what this conversation has really brought to life, and I know that you're on social media, you are so curious, and you're always learning, and you're always, uh, and it's not just like you're commenting things and you're sharing things, but it's not for the sake of a comment or a share, it's for the sake of thoughtful discussion and thought provoking and your curiosity. And then what I can tell from what you've shared today is that you're embedding your learning and that's really clear today on how you're going about teaching others. So I just wanna recognize you for the learning and investment you make in yourself because I feel quite inspired and I know other people will. So I think that should be a nice reward for the effort that you put into yourself.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And I've, um, yeah, definitely learned a lot. You are such an inspiration with all the things you, which you have done and, um. A year ago, when I messaged you out of nowhere, I honestly I was just messaging a ton of people and just, I didn't expect a reply or a comment. And then just to see that we have still been in touch, that you've still been able to give us, give me your personalized feedback, for example, or just a comment here and there and just the encouragement is just such a nice and inspiring thing that I was able to also share this with others and that's what i also love about the lnd community because it's um being a e-learning developer usually i always before i usually felt that it was only me there it's only me who um knows the content it's only me doing that in the team for example because it's still uh not really new but it's still new to other people so with that comes only you being the center of it all but then just knowing that there are other people there who are more experienced there are other communities which you can get in touch with and just be inspired and continue to inspire others is just amazing yeah
0: i agree and in the description of this video you've got a podcast, you do crowdcasts, you're building a community in the Middle East, Asia, Europe sort of area as well. So people check out the comments so you can immerse yourself in Ray's world and what she's doing as well in role modeling those things that she just spoke about. Uh, thank you everyone for choosing to learn with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, This stuff I know changes lives because people tell me they listen to this, they get the promotion, they listen to this, they do a career change, they get their ideal client, they start loving their work. So I just want to ask you guys to tag people in the comments, to let people know about this video and others that add value so that you can change other people's lives as well. Because sometimes it is just hearing that one thing and you change your life. Thank you, Reza. You've been an amazing podcast guest and... Until next time, reflect, take action, experiment. You'll be rewarded for your efforts. What's up, awesome human? Thank you, thank you, thank you on behalf of myself and the Bell Vista Studios team for continuously choosing to learn with us. We really appreciate it. If the tips and the insights and the context resonate with you and you wanna take your skills to the next level or you wanna make your life way easier, you will love our Creator Hub. The Creator Hub is a place for people like you and us. Basically, it's the stuff that we use internally at Belvista Studios and then we just share it publicly with you. The Creator Hub is created by instructional designers for instructional designers. And what you'll love there at the moment is we've got a quiz could I be a better instructional designer that has so much tips in the feedback if you're interested in human-centered design or just taking your skills to the next level in terms of the solutions you're creating, the problems you want to solve. But in there as well, aren't we cute? That's us. Um, But we've got the coaching courses, freebies, give us gratitude, and also we've got some templates. And basically they're always around the lens of learning experience design, instructional design, and e-learning. So a human-centered design focus is very much what we're about at Bell Vista Studio. So putting your learners at the heart of a solution and creating something for their needs. So there's the human-centered design stuff, and then we've also got the business stuff. So this is the stuff they don't teach you about When you want to become a freelancer or a consultant in the instructional design world. So go check it out. The link is in the description. You can check out everything that is available for you. Thank you for choosing to learn with us. Continuously invest in your skills. You will be rewarded as an instructional designer. Share this stuff. Share it with other people. Because when we are better instructional designers, we create better solutions that create better humans that create a better world so we have a very important role and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Have an awesome day.